Volume two, chapter twelve of the widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twelve. A lucky escape. A melancholy parting. Mrs. Barnaby settles herself at Cheltenham. Her first sortie. Boarding house breakfast. A new acquaintance. A medical conversation in addition to mrs barnaby's pretty strong confidence in herself and her own devices she soon learned to think that she was very especially favoured by fortune for just as she began to find her idle and most unprofitable abode at clifton intolerably tedious and that the recovery of her property hardly atoned for the inconvenience of being obliged to prosecute those who had stolen it she received the welcome intelligence that the trio had escaped by means of the superior ingenuity of captain maintry alias Purdom the ends of justice being considerably less dear to the widow's heart than the end of the adventures she promised herself at cheltenham she welcomed the intelligence most joyfully and set about her preparations for departure without an hour's delay several elegant shops at clifton had so earnestly requested the honour of her name upon their books that mrs barnaby had found it impossible to refuse and the consequence was that when she announced her intended departure so unexpected an amount of mere nothings crowded in upon her that she would have been considerably embarrassed had not the manner of raising money during the last years of her father's life been fresh in her memory showing her as her property was all in the funds and happily or unhappily standing in her own name that nothing could be more easy than to write to her broker and order him to sell out a couple of hundreds confidence in oneself the feeling that there is power within us of a sufficient strength to reach the goal we have in view is in general a useful as well as pleasant state of mind but in mrs barnaby it was very likely to prove otherwise in all her meditations in all her plottings in all her reasonings she saw nothing before her but success the alternative and all its possible consequences never suggested itself to her as possible and therefore no portion of her clever ingenuity was ever employed even in speculation to ward it off in a word then her bills which by the by were wholly and solely for her own dress were all paid without difficulty or delay and the day was fixed for the departure of herself and agnes by a stage-coach from bristol to cheltenham poor agnes wept bitterly as she received the affectionate farewells of her friends in rodney place and mary who really loved her wept too though it is possible that the severe disappointment which had attended her matrimonial project for her had a little dulled the edge of the enthusiasm at first excited by the sweetness and beauty of the poor motherless girl but under no circumstances could the grief of miss peters at losing sight of her have been comparable to that felt by agnes herself how little had the tyranny of mrs barnaby and all the irksome desagreements of her home occupied her attention during the month she had spent at clifton how completely it had all been lost sight of in the society of mary and the hospitable kindness of rodney place but oh the heavy change that which had been chased by the happy lightness of her young spirit as a murky cloud is chased by the bright sun of april now rolled back upon her like a storm that was to last for ever she knew it she felt its approach and like a frightened fawn trembled as she gazed around and saw no shelter near you will write to me dear agnes said mary i shall think of you very often and it will be a real pleasure to hear from you and to write to you mary will be by far the greatest pleasure i can possibly have but how can i ask you to write to me in return i am sure my aunt will never let me receive a letter and yet would it not be worth its weight in gold don't take up sorrow at interest agnes replied mary laughing 
i don't think your dragon will be so fierce as that either i can hardly imagine she would refuse to let you correspond with me agnes endeavoured to return her smile but she blushed and faltered as she said i mean mary that she would not pay postage for me impossible cried miss peters indignantly you cannot speak seriously i know my mother does not believe a word about her very large fortune any more than she does her very generous intention of leaving it to us but she says that my uncle must have left something like a respectable income for her and though we none of us doubt not even elizabeth that she will marry with all possible speed and when she has found a husband with all her worldly goods will him endow still till this happens it is hardly likely she will refuse to pay the postage of your letters perhaps she will not said agnes blushing again for saying what she did not think but at any rate try the experiment dearest mary to know that you have thought of me will be comfort inexpressible and suppose mr frederick stephenson were to ramble back to clifton agnes and suppose he were to ask me which way you are gone may i tell him he will never ask you mary but and if he should persisted miss peters then tell him that it would be a great deal more kind and amiable if he never talked about me to any one arrived at cheltenham mrs barnaby set about the business of finding a domicile with much more confidence and savoir-faire than heretofore a very few inquiries made her decide upon choosing to place herself at a boarding-house and though the price rather startled her she not only selected the dearest but indulged in the expensive luxury of a handsome private sitting-room i know what i am about thought she faint heart never won fair lady and sparing hand never won gay gentleman it was upon the same principle that within three days after her arrival she had found a tiger and got his dress resplendent with buttons from top to toe sent home to her private apartments and likewise that she had determined to enter her name as a subscriber at the pump-room the day after all this was completed was the first upon which she accounted her cheltenham existence to begin and having informed herself of the proper hours and fitting costume for each of the various stated times of appearing at the different points of reunion she desired agnes carefully to brush the dust from her immortal black crape bonnet and with her own features sheltered by paille de fantaisie straw-coloured ribbons and brussels lace she set forth leaning on the arm of her niece and followed by her tiger and parasol to take her first draught at the spring at eight o'clock in the morning her spirits rose as she approached the fount on perceiving the throng of laughing gay and gossiping invalids that bonton and bile had brought together and when she held out her hand to receive the glass she had more the air of a full-grown bacchante celebrating the rites of bacchus than a votary at the shrine of hygeia but no sooner had the health-restoring but nauseous beverage touched her lips or rather her palate than making a horrible grimace she set down the glass on the marble slab and pushed it from her with very visible symptoms of disgust a moment's reflection made her turn her head to see if agnes was looking at her but no agnes indeed stood at no great distance but her whole attention seemed captivated by a tall elegant-looking woman who together with an old lady leaning on her arm appeared like herself to be occupied as spectators of the water-drinking throng satisfied that her strong distaste for the unsavoury draught had not been perceived mrs barnaby backed out of the crowd saying as she took the arm of her niece in her way this water must be very fine medicine i am sure for those who want it but i don't think i shall venture upon any more of it until i have taken medical advice it is certainly very powerful and i think it might do you a vast deal of good agnes 
these words being spoken in the widow's audible tone which she always rather desired than not should make her presence known at some distance excepting indeed when she was making love were very distinctly heard by the ladies above mentioned and the elder of them having witnessed mrs barnaby's look of disgust as she set down her unemptied glass laughed covertly and quietly but with much merriment saying though rather to herself than her companion good very good indeed this will prove an acquisition a turn or two up and down the noble walk upon which the pump-room opens was rendered very delightful to the widow by showing her that even at that early hour many dashing-looking lace-frocked men moustached and whiskered to the top of her bent might be met sauntering there and having enjoyed this till her watch told her the boarding-house breakfast hour was arrived she turned from the fascinating promenade in excellent spirits and after a few minutes passed at the mirror in arranging her cap and curls and refreshing her bloom entered for the first time the public eating-room well disposed to enjoy herself in every way having left the peters family behind her she no longer thought it necessary to restrain her fancy in the choice of colours and excepting occasionally on a provincial stage it would be difficult to find a costume more brilliant in its various hues than that of our widow as she followed the obsequious waiter to the place assigned her agnes came after her like a tranquil moonlit night following the meretricious glare of noisy fireworks the dazzled sight that had been drawn to mrs barnaby as she entered rested upon agnes as if to repose itself and by the time they were both seated it was on her fair delicate face and mourning garb that every eye was fixed the vicarial crape and bombasine which she wore in compliance with the arrangement of her too sensitive aunt did agnes at least one service among strangers for it precluded the idea of any near relationship between her companion and herself and though no one could see them together without marvelling at the discordant fellowship of two persons so remarkably contrasted in manner and appearance none explained it by presuming that they were aunt and niece the party assembled and assembling at the breakfast-table consisted of fourteen gentlemen and five ladies the rest of the company inhabiting the extensive and really elegant mansion preferring to breakfast in their own apartments though there were few who did not condescend to abandon their privacy at dinner of the gentlemen now present about half were of that lemon tint which at first glance showed their ostensible reason for being there was the real one of the other half it would be less easy to render an account the five ladies were well dressed and two being old and three young they may be said for the most part to have been well looking any more accurate description of them generally would but encumber and delay the narrative unnecessarily as such among them as may come particularly in contact with my heroine or her niece will of necessity be brought into notice our two ladies were of course placed side by side mrs barnaby being flanked to the right by a staid and sober gentleman of middle age who happily acted as a wet blanket to the crackling and sparkling vivacity of the widow obliging her after one or two abortive attempts at conversation and such a sort of boarding-table agacerie as the participation of coffee and eggs may give room for either to eat her breakfast in silence or to exercise her social propensities on the neighbour of agnes this was an elderly lady who though like mrs barnaby but just arrived for the season had unlike her been a constant visitor at cheltenham for the last twelve years and being an active-minded spinster of tolerably easy means and completely mistress of them was as capable of giving all sorts of local information as mrs barnaby was desirous of receiving it miss morrison such was her name being now and having ever been a lady of great prudence and most unimpeachable discretion might probably have taken fright had she chanced at first meeting with our widow 
to see her under full sail in chase of conquest but luckily this was not apparent at their first interview and the appearance and manner of agnes offering something like a guarantee for the respectability of the lady to whose charge she was entrusted she met mrs barnaby's advances towards making an acquaintance with great civility before many sentences had been exchanged between them the spinster had the satisfaction of perceiving that all her minute acquaintance with cheltenham and its ways gave her an immeasurable superiority over her richly dressed new acquaintance while the widow with like facility discovered that all she most particularly desired to know might be learned from the very respectable-looking individual near whom her good fortune had placed her the consequence of this mutual discovery was so brisk an exchange of question and answer as obliged agnes to lean back in her chair and eat her breakfast by means of a very distant communication with the table but she was thankful her aunt had fallen upon a quiet though rather singular-looking female of forty instead of another whiskered major allen and willingly placed herself in the attitude least likely to interrupt their conversation never been at cheltenham before really well ma'am i have little doubt that you will soon declare it shall not be your last visit though it is your first said miss morrison indeed ma'am i think you will prove right in that opinion replied mrs barnaby for i never saw a place i admired so much we are just come from clifton which is called so beautiful but it is not to be compared to cheltingham you are just come from clifton are you ma'am i understand it is a very beautiful place but terribly dull i believe when compared to this if a person knows cheltingham well and has a little notion how to take advantage of all that is going on he may pass months and months here without ever knowing what it is to have an idle hour i don't believe there is such another place in the whole world for employing time i am sure that's a blessing replied mrs barnaby earnestly if there is one thing i dread and hate more than another it is having nothing to do with my time idleness is indeed the root of all evil i'm pleased to hear you say so ma'am said miss morrison because it is so exactly my own opinion and because too you will find yourself so particularly well off here as to the avoiding it and i shall be very happy i'm sure if any advice of mine may put you in the way of making the most of the advantages in that line that cheltenham offers you are exceedingly kind and obliging ma'am returned mrs barnaby very graciously and i shall be very grateful for any counsel or instruction you can bestow with my handsome fortune i should consider it quite a crime if i did not put my time to profit in such a place as cheltenham this phrase produced its proper effect miss morrison eyed the speaker not only with increased respect but increased goodwill indeed my dear madam you are quite right she said and by merely paying attention to such information as i shall be able to give you i will venture to say that you will never have the weight of an idle hour upon your hands while you remain here for what with the balls and the music at the libraries and the regular hours for the walks and attendance at all the sales and i assure you we have sometimes three in a day and shopping and driving between the turnpikes if you have a carriage and morning visits and evening parties and churches and chapels if you have a taste for them and looking over the new names and the pump-room and making new acquaintance and finding out old ones there is not a day of the week or an hour in the day in which one may not be well employed i am sure ma'am it is perfectly a pleasure to a person of my active turn of mind to listen to such a description and it is a greater pleasure still to meet with a lady like yourself with taste and good sense to value what is valuable and to find out how and where to enjoy it i hope we shall become better acquainted 
i have a private drawing-room here where i shall be delighted to see you give me leave to present you with my card a gilt-edged and deeply embossed card inscribed mrs barnaby the blank hotel and boarding-house number five was here put into miss morrison's hand who received it with an air of great satisfaction and reiterated assurances that she would by no means fail of paying her compliments unlike many vain persons who receive every civility under the persuasion that it is offered for their own beaux yeux miss morrison had sufficient good sense and experience to understand that any convenience or advantage she might derive from mrs barnaby or mrs barnaby's private drawing-room must be repaid by accommodation of some sort or other all obligations of such kind were for a variety of excellent reasons always repaid by miss morrison with such treasure as her own lips could coin aided by her wit and wisdom without drawing on any other exchequer and now having placed her little modest slip of pasteboard bearing in broad and legible though manuscript characters miss morrison the blank hotel and boarding-house by the side of mrs barnaby's buttered roll she began at once like an honest old maid as she was to pay the debt almost before it was incurred i don't know how they do those sort of things at clifton mrs barnaby she said but here the medical gentlemen or at least many of them always call on the newcomers and though i hope and trust that neither you nor this pretty young lady who i suppose is your visitor though i hope with all my heart that you won't either of you have any occasion in the world for physic or doctors yet i advise you most certainly to fix on one in your own mind beforehand and just let him know it there are not more kind and agreeable acquaintances in the world than gentlemen of the medical profession at least i am sure it is so here there are one or two apothecaries in particular surgeons though i believe they are called who certainly are as elegant conversable gentlemen as can be met with in london or anywhere unless indeed just in paris where i certainly found the apothecaries like everything else in a very out-of-the-common-way style of elegance tout à fait parfait as we say on the continent of course you have been abroad mrs barnaby no miss morrison i have not replied the widow making head against this attack with great skill and courage i am obliged to confess that the extreme comfort and elegance of my own home have absolutely made a prisoner of me hitherto but since i have lost my dear husband i find change absolutely necessary for my health and spirits and i shall probably soon make the tour of europe indeed oh dear how i envy you but you speak all the languages already oh perfectly i'm so glad of that mrs barnaby for upon my word i find it quite out of my power to avoid using a french word every now and then since i came from abroad and it is so vexing when one is not understood a lady of your station has of course been taught by all sorts of foreigners but those who can't afford this indulgence never do get the accent without going abroad i'm sure you'll find before you have been a week on the continent a most prodigious difference in your accent though i dare say it's very good already but a propos about the apothecaries and surgeons that i was talking about i hope you will give orders at the door that if mr alexander pringle calls and sends in his card he shall be desired to walk up and then you know just a propos de nang you can talk to him about whatever you wish to know and you can say if you like that miss morrison particularly mentioned his name there is no occasion du tout that you should give him any fee but you may ask him a few questions about the waters comme ça and you will find him the most agreeable convenient and instructive acquaintance de monde the breakfast was now so evidently drawing to its close that the new friends deemed it advisable to leave the table and mrs barnaby having repeated her invitation 
and miss morrison having replied to it by kissing her fingers and uttering mercy mercy forevore they parted the widow to give orders as she passed to her drawing-room that if mr alexander pringle called on her he should be admitted and the spinster to invent and fabricate in the secret retirement of her attic retreat some of those remarkably puzzling articles of dress the outline of which she had studied during a three weeks residence in paris and which passed current with the majority of her friends and acquaintance for being of genuine gallic manufacture the prediction of miss morrison was speedily verified mr alexander pringle did call at the hotel to leave his card for mrs barnaby and in consequence of the orders given was immediately admitted to her presence she was alone for agnes though unfortunately there was no little dear miserable closet for her had received the welcome conge now always expressed by the words there you may go to your lessons child if you will and had withdrawn herself to an out-of-the-way corner in their double-bedded room where already her desk and other empton treasures had converted about four feet square of her new abode into a home the sofa therefore with the table and its gaudy cover adorned with the widow's fine work-box a boarding-house inkstand of bright-coloured china and the album still sacred in the name of isabella d'almafonte had all been set in the places and attitudes she thought most becoming by mrs barnaby herself and together with her own magnificent person formed a very charming picture as the medical gentleman entered the room but it is probable mr alexander pringle expected rather to find a patient than to be ushered into the presence of a lady in a state of health apparently so perfect pray sit down sir mr pringle i believe said mrs barnaby half rising and pointing to a chair exactly opposite her place on the sofa mr pringle took the indicated chair but before he was well seated in it the idea that some mistake might be the source of this civility occurred to him and he rose again made a step forward and laid his cards specifying his name profession and address on the table immediately before the eyes of the lady oh yes said she smiling with amiable condescension i understand perfectly and should myself or my young niece or any of my servants require medical assistance mr pringle this card placing it carefully in her work-box will enable us to find it but though at present we are all pretty well i am really very glad to have an opportunity of seeing you sir miss morrison i believe you know miss morrison mr pringle bowed miss morrison has named you to me in a manner that made me extremely desirous of making your acquaintance gentlemen of your profession mr pringle have so much knowledge of the world that it is a great advantage for a stranger on first arriving at a new place to find an opportunity of conversing with them will you afford me five minutes while i explain to you my very peculiar situation assuredly madam replied mr pringle i shall be most happy to listen to you well then without farther apology i will explain myself my name is barnaby i am a widow of good fortune and without children for i have lost both my little ones here mrs barnaby drew forth one of her embroidered handkerchiefs as she always did when speaking of her children which were not and this frequently happened for she had a great dislike to being considered as one unblessed by offspring a peculiarity which together with some others displaying themselves in the same inventive strain proved an especial blessing to agnes inasmuch as it made her absence often desirable having wiped her eyes and recovered her emotion she continued i have no children but an elder sister so much older indeed as almost to be considered as my mother died several years ago leaving an orphan girl to my care 
in truth i am not a great many years older than my niece and the anxiety of this charge has been sometimes almost too much for me however she is a good girl and i am most passionately attached to her nevertheless she has some peculiarities which give me pain one is that she will never wear any dress but the deepest mourning thus consecrating herself as i may say to the memory of her departed parents now this whim mr pringle shows her spirits to be in a state requiring change of scene and it is on this account that i have left my charming place in devonshire in the hope that variety and a gayer circle than is likely to be found in the immediate neighbourhood of a large mansion in the country might be of service to her indeed ma'am i think you are quite right replied mr pringle what age is the young lady just seventeen and i should have no objection whatever to take her into company and this is indeed the point on which i most wish for your advice i came to cheltenham sir fully expecting to find my friends the gordons near relations of the duke and persons of first-rate fashion and consequence who would at once have placed us in the midst of all that is most elegant in the way of society here but by a letter they sent to meet us at clifton i find that they are absolutely obliged to pay a visit of some weeks to the duchess of bedford and thus i find myself here a perfect stranger without any means whatever of getting into society a most vexatious contretemps certainly madam replied mr pringle but there can be no doubt of your obtaining quite as much society as you wish for cheltenham is extremely full just now and a lady in your situation of life can hardly fail of meeting some of your acquaintance of course you will go to the pump-room mrs barnaby and look over the subscription-books and i doubt not you will soon find there are many here whom you know besides i will myself if you wish it take care to make it known that you intend to enter into society and probably intend to receive indeed sir you will oblige me on my own account i should certainly never particularly desire to make acquaintance with strangers but there is nothing i would not be willing to do for this dear girl of course i shall make a point of subscribing to everything and particularly of taking my poor dear niece to all the balls she is really very pretty and if i can but contrive to get suitable partners for her i think dancing may be of great service are there many of the nobility here at present mr pringle yes madam several and a great deal of good company besides that gives us a better chance of finding old acquaintance certainly but there is another point mr pringle on which i am anxious to consult you my niece is decidedly very bilious and i feel quite convinced that a glass of the water every morning would be of the most essential benefit to her unfortunately dear creature she is quite a spoiled child and i do not think she will be prevailed on to take what is certainly not very pleasant to the taste unless ordered to do it by a medical man i must see the young lady ma'am replied mr pringle before i can venture to prescribe for her in any way mrs barnaby internally wished him less scrupulous but feeling that it would be better he should send in a bill and charge a visit than that she should lose a daily excuse for visiting the delightful pump-room and moreover feeling more strongly still that in order to make agnes swallow the dose instead of herself it would be good economy to pay for half a dozen visits she rose from the sofa and said with a fascinating smile i will bring her to you myself my dear sir but i hope you will not disappoint me about prescribing the cheltenham waters for her i know her constitution well and i venture to pledge myself to you that she is exactly the subject for the cheltenham treatment so bilious poor girl so dreadfully bilious mrs barnaby left the room and presently returned with agnes 
who was considerably surprised at being told that it was necessary a medical man should see her for in the first place save a heaviness at her heart she felt quite well and in the second she had never before since she left empton perceived any great anxiety on the part of her aunt as to her being well or ill however she yielded implicit obedience to the command which bade her leave the letter she was writing to miss peters and meekly followed her imperious protectress to their sitting-room mr alexander pringle was decidedly a clever man and clever men of his profession are generally skilful in discerning diagnostics of various kinds he had expected to see a yellow heavy-eyed girl looking either as if she were ready to cry with melancholy or pout from perverseness instead of which he saw a lovely graceful creature with a step elastic with youth and health and an eye whose clear intelligent glance said as plainly as an eye could speak what would you with me i have no need of you he immediately perceived that the amiable child bereaved widow had quite misunderstood the young lady's case it might be perhaps from her too tender affection but let the cause be what it would it was not to solve any professional doubts that he took her delicate hand to feel the healthful music of her pulse nevertheless mr pringle who had seven promising children knew better than to reject the preferred custom of a rich widow who had none so looking at his beautiful patient with much gravity he said there is little or nothing madam to alarm you the young lady is rather pale but i am inclined to believe that it rather proceeds from the naturally delicate tint of her complexion than from illness you will be proper however that i should see her again and meantime i would strongly recommend her taking about one-third of a glass of water daily if more be found necessary the dose must be increased but i am inclined to hope that this will prove sufficient with the help of a few tablespoons of a mixture by no means disagreeable my dear young lady which i will not fail to send in and so saying mr pringle rose to take leave but was somewhat puzzled by agnes saying with a half smile in which there was something that looked very much as if she were quizzing him you must excuse me sir if i decline taking any medicine whatever till i feel myself in some degree out of health mr pringle who was very near laughing himself answered with great good humour well then mrs barnaby i suppose we must do without it and i don't think there will be much danger either he then took his departure leaving mrs barnaby quite determined that agnes should drink the water but not very sorry that she was to have no physic to pay for whilst agnes was altogether at a loss to guess what this new vagary of her aunt might mean what made you think i was ill aunt said she ill who told you child that i thought you ill i don't think any such thing but i did not choose you should drink the waters till i had the opinion of the first medical man in the place about it there is no expense no sacrifice agnes that i am not ready to make for you but i don't mean to drink the waters at all thank you aunt replied agnes don't mean miss you don't mean and perhaps you don't mean to eat any dinner to-day and perhaps you don't mean to sleep in my apartment to-night perhaps you may prefer walking the streets all night pretty language indeed from you to me and now you may take yourself off again and as you like to stick to your lessons you may just go and write for a copy i must do as i'm bid agnes quitted the room in silence and mrs barnaby prepared to receive her new friend miss morrison who she doubted not would call before the hour she had named as the fashionable time for repairing to the public library nor was she at all displeased by this abrupt departure as for obvious reasons it was extremely inconvenient for her to have agnes present when she felt inclined to enter upon a little autobiography 
but while anticipating this agreeable occupation she recalled as she set herself to work upon one of her beautiful collars the scrape she had got into respecting her park and firmly resolved not even to mention a paddock to miss morrison by name whatever other flights of fancy she might indulge in this has been no idle day with me as yet thought she as she proceeded with her elegant satin stitch i have got well stared at though only in my clothes straw bonnet at the pump-room have made a capital new acquaintance and remembering with a self-approving smile all she had said to mr pringle i know i have not been sowing seed on barren ground i have not forgotten how glad my poor dear barnaby was to get hold of something new he will repeat it every word i'll answer for him End of chapter 12